welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Swans, and today is Thursday of the 25th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. O God, who founded all the commands of your sacred law upon love of you and of our neighbour, grant that by keeping your precepts we may merit to attain eternal life. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the book of Ecclesiastes. Vanity of vanities, the preacher says. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. For all his toil, his toil under the sun, what does man gain by it? The generation goes, a generation comes, yet the earth stands firm forever. The sun rises, the sun sets, then to its place it speeds, and there it rises. Southward goes the wind, then turns to the north. It turns and turns again. Back then to its circling goes the wind. Into the sea all the rivers go, and yet the sea is never filled. And still to their goal the rivers go. All things are wearisome. No man can say that eyes have had enough of seeing, ears their fill of hearing. What was will be again. What has been done will be done again. And there is nothing new under the sun. Take anything of which it may be said. Look now, this is new. Already, long before our time, it existed. Only, no memory remains of earlier times, just as in times to come, next year itself will not be remembered. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. In every age, O Lord. You have been our refuge. You turn men back to dust and say, Go back, sons of men. To your eyes a thousand years are like yesterday, come and gone, no more than a watch in the night. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. You sweep men away like a dream, like the grass which springs up in the morning. In the morning it springs up and flowers. By evening it withers and fades. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. Make us know the shortness of our life, that we may gain wisdom of heart. 
Lord, relent. Is your anger forever? Show pity to your servants. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. In the morning, fill us with your love. We shall exult and rejoice all our days. Let the favor of the Lord be upon us. Give success to the work of our hands. In every age, O Lord, you have been our refuge. Alleluia, alleluia. I am the way, the truth, and the life, says the Lord. No one comes to the Father except through me. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. Glory to you, O Lord. Herod the Tetrarch had heard about all that was being done by Jesus, and he was puzzled because some people were saying that John had risen from the dead, others that Elijah had reappeared, still others that one of the ancient prophets had come back to life. But Herod said, John, I beheaded him. So who is this I hear such reports about? And he was anxious to see Jesus. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. All right, so over the last few days, we've been reading from the wisdom literature of the Bible, um, specifically the book of Proverbs. Um, and now we come to a bit of a shift to the book of Ecclesiastes. It's still part of the wisdom literature of the Bible, but the book of Ecclesiastes, not to be confused with the book of Ecclesiasticus, uh, which is sometimes also called the book of Sirach. Um, okay, so why is it called Ecclesiastes? Well, at the start, we hear about a preacher, a teacher, someone who stands in the wisdom tradition of Israel, and he's called Quoeleth. Um, in our translation, in the lectionary, um, he's called the preacher. But in Hebrew, his name is given as Quoeleth, which literally means one who gathers together, one who gets together an assembly, a group of people. Now, uh, in Greek... The word for assembly is ecclesia, um, which is where we get the word ecclesial from, meaning church. Uh, so that's where we get the title for this book, Ecclesiastes. It comes from the name Quoeleth, which means one who brings together an assembly. Um, and the Greek rendering of that name Quoeleth is Ecclesiastes. I only say that because it took me a long time to kind of figure out the difference between Ecclesiastes and Ecclesiasticus and the book of Sirach and who the heck Quoeleth is. So um, if it's of any use to you, there it is. But the book kicks off with a pretty famous line. Vanity of vanities, the preacher says. Vanity of vanities, vanity of vanities, all is vanity. Count them up. Seven times, everything is described as vanity. Now, it's important to take note of what that word actually means, um, because there's a sense in which the word vanity in English refers to the undue preoccupation that we can have for the opinion of others, that, you know, we are overly concerned with our appearance so that others would admire us, that we're overly concerned about our status so that others would hold us in esteem. That's vanity, right? But that's not the meaning that is being portrayed here. 
you know, sometimes we mistakenly use this phrase, vanity of vanities, you know, <laughs> if you walk past the bathroom and you see your sister there putting her makeup on and you lean in and just say, vanity of vanities, um, you're actually misinterpreting the book of Ecclesiastes because that's not what Quoileth means. That said, your sister might still be vain, but not in the sense that Quoileth intends. No, the Hebrew word havel, it literally means smoke, or as I heard Bishop Robert Barron refer to it in the homily once, um, as a bubble. You know, something that looks like it has weight, it looks like it has mass, but in actual fact, it's empty. It, it has no substance. I mean, the thing about smoke is that it makes it look like there's something there, but you reach out and, you know, your hand just goes straight through it. A bubble looks like it is something, and yet you touch it, and it pops and you find out that it's hollow. It's this second meaning of vanity, then, of something being pointless or meaningless or empty. That's what Quoileth is really pointing towards. Vanity in the sense of things being in vain. Listen again. Vanity of vanities, all is vanity. For all his toil, his toil under the sun, what does man gain by it? A generation goes, a generation comes, yet the earth stands firm forever. The sun rises, the sun sets, then to its place it speeds and there it rises. Southward goes the wind and then turns to the north, it turns and turns again. Back then to its circling goes the wind. Right? Everything's in a bit of a cycle. Everything goes round and round, and nothing changes. And for all of your efforts, all of your toil under the sun, what changes? Nothing. Because it turns out it's all vanity. It's all empty. It's all smoke. It looks like it's got substance, but it doesn't. It's an illusion. What was will be again. What has been done will be done again. And there is nothing new under the sun. Now, it's a pretty bleak worldview, but in some sense, it's kind of hard to argue against. What do we really accomplish in our lifetimes that is absolutely permanent? In the end, it all gets undone and we get forgotten. Even our greatest monuments and our greatest moments in history at the end of the day, don't really add up to much. I mean, in 2,000 years' time, there will be archaeologists digging through the rubble of our cities and piecing together some bare facts that have long been forgotten. And by that point, who really cares what you achieved in your lifetime? You're long gone. So is the book of Ecclesiastes really as negative as all that? You know, just imagining the world being on this cyclical return and nothing really changing, nothing new ever being able to enter into existence. Well, ultimately, no. The book of Ecclesiastes will go through and discuss all the different ways that we strive to find meaning and purpose in this life. And it'll try and convince us that there is no meaning and purpose outside of God for the simple reason that only God is permanent. 
So here's where the wisdom bit comes in. Quoeleth will ask us why we keep exerting our efforts, basing our lives on things which are impermanent, things which are going to disappear, of wealth, of pleasure, of power, of honour. So there it is. Don't build your life on something that's vain. Don't reach out and grasp for smoke. Don't try and cling to a bubble. The book of Ecclesiastes isn't all that negative. It's a bit like standing in the outback on a starry night and looking up and feeling tiny, tiny, tiny and feeling like so much of your life actually amounts to nothing. But that's what helps us to discover what really matters. That's Ecclesiastes, and we'll take a little dip into that book over the coming days. At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, Come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test. 
and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.